is a babe. Babe with the power. Power of voodoo. Remind me of the babe. Hey everybody, sorry I'm late. I'm the last of the Gelfings, and I had to stop all the Skeksis from killing me and then ruling over the rest of the, the world for eternity. You're listening to This Film Has Not Yet Created, the podcast where we make our own version of movies that never had sequels. We're making our own sequels. With me, as always, is my co-host, Steve Grande. Hi, sorry I'm late. Uh, I have only have a limited amount of time before I have to find my soulmate, or else they're going to turn me into a crustacean. <laughs> and with us this week are two very lovely guests, very, very close friends of the show. First up, we have Miss Violet Esposito. Hey, sorry I'm late. I was busy calling the corners with three of my friends. We were trying to get a hold of this uh, deity called Mano, but we ended up causing this huge storm, and all these whales ended up uh, washing up onto the beach. My friend has these scars all over her body. I don't know if I can trust these girls, but I think they're okay. <laughs> and, and with us is, of course, our other really good friend, Mr. Scott Palmer. Hello there. Good to be here. Glad, glad to be on board. Oh, he's not even late. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this guy comes prepared. Yeah, it's so Ladies funny. and gentlemen, welcome the first professional <laughs> that we've had on this show. Yeah, it's, it's about time someone was on time. Because uh, okay. <laughs> it certainly wasn't any of us. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, today, we are talking about Labyrinth. The classic Jim Henson, David Bowie masterpiece, if I do say so myself. Dance, magic, dance. Dance, that magic dance. This was a movie that I feel like for the past like two or three years, we've watched it on my birthday. I was with one of those, I was at one of those birthdays with you. It's a great birthday movie. Yeah. I feel like maybe two years ago, last year maybe, it came out. Like, they did a re-release of it in the theater on my birthday as a mm-hmm. special edition. So we all went and got super baked, and it was the most wonderful time. And right beforehand, they were showing uh, one of the episodes of The Storyteller. The one, if you're familiar with Storyteller, the one where they've got, like, little demons and this soldier who has a magic sack. And he... Anyways, the point is, we walk in, and Grande has never seen Labyrinth before, so he thought that was the movie. And it ended, and he's like, where was David Bowie? What is happening? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, this, this this setup for this movie is really moving fast. <laughs> God damn, I can't wait for them to show David Bowie. But yeah, it never came. And then Jennifer Connelly started talking, and was like, oh, okay, that wasn't the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Labyrinth was always the movie that my parents would put on in the background to distract me while they would like go smoke weed with their friends. And, uh, yeah, I, I didn't figure that out until way later in life, but sure. yeah, it, Labyrinth has been around my entire life. It's a, it's been a theme that has been reoccurring throughout the past couple of weeks, but, uh, I'd love to ask you, Scott and Violet, is this a kid's movie? Because um, it was pretty, there was some pretty <laughs> terrifying parts in it and much of like is Beetlejuice a kids movie I am asking the same for this the the 80s was a questionable time Uh, in regards to Beetlejuice I'll always remember I'll always remember uh, um, I was at a summer camp when I was like in junior high or something like that right and in in week periods and if you stayed for more than one week there was this awkward like intermission period with the kids who were like lingering around and they had to like occupy the the, the the kids who stuck around and uh, at the point uh, so somebody popped on Beetlejuice for us to watch and at the one point when Beetlejuice says nice fucking model and kicks over the stone <laughs> the guy who was in charge of the camp like looked at a counselor and was like what the hell man because <laughs> of course that was before PG-13 was a rating I think right? Right yeah <laughs> Beetlejuice made me want to get into makeup and special effects um, as a really young kid, because I just I loved all the monsters. I don't yeah. know. I watched a bunch of creepy stuff, and I was a mall well, goth as a teen, yeah. so it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Labyrinth had the same effect on me with like puppetry and creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
you know Absolutely. i've always been super into like creatures mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it was it's it's amazing to see as an adult because i can see where a lot of these puppets like came from from watching sesame street and seeing like the general build of the jim henson puppet Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like it, it was amazing to see some of the things that like, you know, they're not confined to just us. Mm-hmm. They got this whole, this whole labyrinth. They got a whole labyrinth, a lot of twists and turns. And speaking of twists and turns, we're going to take uh, the next step forward in this labyrinth. And sometimes the best way forward is to go backwards. Is that what the old man says? doesn't matter. The point is... Just look at the plates on the front. Just look at the plates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to uh, we're gonna go ahead and do some read-throughs of fair. our scripts now. <laughs> um, so we... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read mine first. I did a teaser trailer. I think it sort of makes sense to do a teaser trailer to lead mm-hmm. off this... Uh, this, uh, this... These... Whatever. Uh, bad transition. Okay. Let's keep going. Um... So mine is called Return to Labyrinth, and uh, you guys have it over there, right? Mm-hmm. Sure Great. Mm-hmm. You have it over there? Great. Uh, so I've, I've also cast it here. Um, I wanted to keep it a little mysterious. So, um, Violet, you're playing woman. Scott, you're playing man. Grande, you're playing lips and hoggle. And I will be doing all these stage directions. Cool. Okay. So this is uh, the teaser trailer for Return to Labyrinth. All right. Exterior desert day. We see two feet standing in yellow-red sand. Come on, feet. The feet start walking as we see another set of feet joining along. Title, This Summer. Exterior house. We see a large two-story house with a veranda. All the lights inside are on, and there is a light on the porch. We see woman standing under the porch, her arms crossed. It is raining heavily. We see the back of man as he approaches the house. He is soaking wet. Hey, Sarah. Sorry I'm late. My little brother got taken by the Goblin King, and I had to go rescue him. (laughs) As man finishes speaking, we see he is played by Paul Rudd. We see woman's face as a close-up, and she is Jennifer Connelly. (laughs) Ha ha. Get in here. Title, Rediscover. Exterior, Brick Corridor. The intro music to Magic Dance starts to slowly build through the background. Woman and man stand in a corridor with brick walls on either side of them. There is some moss and grass growing among the bricks here and there. Woman and man are staring at a wall. What are you talking about? Things aren't always as they appear in this place. Come on. Woman grabs man's hand and leads him through what appears to be a solid wall, but is in fact an optical illusion. Title. The Magic. Exterior. Courtyard. Day. Woman and man approach two doorways side by side. Each door has in front of it a creature holding a shield with a head above and below. One is colored red, the other blue. Title. The Mystery. Hedge Maze. We see an overtop view of the Hedge Maze. Title of Title The Labyrinth. Two big music note stings come in. It's the familiar tune of magic dance, but it's newer, heavier, louder, and slower for dramatic effect. On each of the two notes, we see a quick flash of the labyrinth as the whole, and then the Escher stares. The music continues, and we see images fade in and out of Ambrosius the dog, Didymus the fox, and Ludo the... Ludo. They each appear to have... uh, not aged since we last saw them. As the two-note sting comes back in full force, we see a blonde, spiky hair, and then a foot standing in a golden high heel with a very unique design. The music continues on, and we see the bottom of a face with bright red lips. You remind me of the babe. (laughs) Two more music stings, and we see the whole face is Lady Gaga. Then we see her whole body in costume. It's more sexy than Bowie's, that was even possible. Cut to black. Silence. The labyrinth title in its original font fades in, and a guitar screams, and the title, Return To, appears above the original labyrinth title. Two more music stings pop in one more time. Cut to black. 
The last note echoes for a moment. Fade in on Hoggle's house. Hoggle sits in his house. He turns his head, revealing his face. Sarah? Blackout. <laughs> very good, very good. Thank you, great. thank you, thank you. So, yeah, I feel like that's not wholly original. It's pretty generic as far as, like, modern teaser trailers go, but it's also exactly what I want out of a modern labyrinth, mm-hmm. you know, sequel. Is all, <laughs> all of it. All the same faces. Bowie's gone, so let's bring in Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the... I like the shots of Bowie, like taking the step. I mean, not, not Bowie, the uh, the new Bowie, uh-huh. the Lady Gaga, just stepping down the high heel. Um, I just see it like over this mountain, like kind of area. Okay, it's yeah, big and boisterous, you know. So just like Lady Gaga, just like Lady Gaga. I mean, it, it she ain't shallow. She's pretty deep. <laughs> Kill her. <laughs> Well, thank you for um, indulging my return to Labyrinth. Uh, I think let's step forward. And I believe, uh, Violet, you did a couple of scenes. So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your scenes and then we can dive into them. Yeah, so um, I... So according to the internet, uh, there is going to be a Labyrinth remake. And, no uh, way. Yeah, Yahweh. And this I'm not on the internet. I don't know these like, things. Shortly after... Um, you know, you asked me to be on this. And so uh, remakes are always terrible. They're always a terrible reimagining, and they always use mm-hmm. uh, tired tropes. And uh, so, you know, what better way than to reimagine Twilight, but in a really bad <laughs> adult, like young adult uh, type of uh, Labyrinth Twilight blend. So um, there we go. Um, I kind of wrote it like how a bad fanfic would have been written, i.e. Fifty Shades of Grey. And um, so it takes place in Forks. <laughs> uh, it's basically, basically going to be taking place, um, since David Bowie is not here, I see him as, uh, Jareth is being played by Steve Buscemi. And, um, Ooh, the yeah. human cigarette himself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, who I had, uh, you know, I, I think young Sam is actually quite gorgeous. He was one of my, uh, weird celebrity, celebrity crushes. <laughs> kind of like David Bowie. I blame the labyrinth for my choice in men for very many years in my life. Um, yeah. That's another reason why I asked, is this for kids? Because <laughs> it looked like they were just sexualizing David Bowie and targeting it towards any 13-year-old girl yes. who would watch it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Like, yes. You know? Um, yeah. Um, all of the above. And you know, Twilight, that's, that's a super toxic love story as well. Um, so I figured, you know, two peas in the pod, so Labyrinth is <laughs> Um, Grande, you are going to be reading Sarah. Um, starring role. Ooh, yeah. Starring role. Jareth will be read by Mr. Scott Palmer. Um, get him out of here. Um, and, Not uh, Scott the dog. <laughs> I'm going to be, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to be reading our... Sorry, our dog is in the room with a Kong. Yeah. And dropping the Kong. Anyway, uh, I'm going to be reading Jess, who was played by Anna Kendrick, and we actually were born the same exact day, same year. So, um, yeah. I was going to say, you look like you can stack cups really well. Thanks. Uh, Christopher, you will be reading the stage directions and narrator. Oh, and um, uh, anything that's in bold. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Sarah, okay. uh, Sarah will be played by Kristen Stewart because she just has to be <laughs> okay. um, so there You got we go. your yeah, Kristen Stewart ready? Gold. Wait, what? Am I doing Kristen Stewart? Yeah. Yeah, you're, okay. you're Sarah. Alright. Labyrinth Fool's Gold. Interior cafeteria midday. A group of high school girls are sitting at a table gossiping. Sarah, who is new to Labyrinth High... <laughs> Sarah, who is new to Labyrinth High, is listening to a brief synopsis of the social hierarchy of the school by Jessica. 
So stay away from the bog of eternal stench, unless you want to smell like ass for the rest of the school year. I mean, seriously, Sarah, Ludo barely got out unscathed, and the only way he did was by screaming, friends, and throwing a bunch of rocks <laughs> at people's faces. The door to the cafeteria bursts open. A group of dirty creatures in mismatched helmets stumble in. They are grunting gibberish, and some start hitting each other with sticks. One goblin trips and falls flat on his face, farting loudly. <laughs> the, the, the goblins erupt with laughter, and Sarah stares in awe. Who are they? The goblins. They moved down here from the castle lake a few years ago. They keep to themselves, unless they want to poison people with peaches or trick fellow students and giving them their plastic jewelry. Otherwise, they're always together, always shrieking with laughter, fighting over sausages and throwing babies <laughs> up into the air. Good luck getting in with that. <gasps> Who's he? Once again, the door opens. Smoke billows in. A ray of light illuminates the room while a tall figure emerges from the outside in slow motion. Jareth walks in with impeccable 80s glam makeup and perfectly feathered hair. He's carrying a golden cane with a crystal adorning the top. His bulge jiggles like a mound of hard jello under his gray snakeskin tights. He purses his lips and looks hella angsty, almost constipated. That's Jared. He's totally gorgeous, obviously, but apparently nobody here is good enough or underage enough for him. <laughs> Jared. Jared smirks as he walks past the table, the arms of his white dress shirt billowing from the tight black vest. Like I care, you know. Jareth twirls a crystal orb between his hands and up his arms. <laughs> Jared sits down. Uh, Jared sits down in a wicker chair that for some reason is sitting in the cafeteria. One leg popped up coolly on the armrest as he scowls. The goblins continue to create chaos around him. Seriously? Like, don't even waste your time. <laughs> I wasn't planning any. Sarah slowly turns her head to the side and peeks at the scene unfolding through her hair. She catches the eye of Jareth, who is icily staring at her. Sarah sucks in her breath and turns back to the group of girls at her table, rejoining their conversation. Hmm, that six-year-old is so pretty. She makes me want to steal her baby brother. I hope she's obnoxious enough to say the words for me to do so. <laughs> Exterior forest after school. Uh, Sarah and Jared stand in the middle of the forest. Creepy, spindly fire dancers with questionable accents are feverishly dancing far in the background, pulling off their heads and juggling them. No one knows why they do this. Maybe it's a representation of one's college years? Whatever, who knows. Sarah's back is to Jareth. Jareth stands behind Sarah, looming over her, staring at the back of her head while clenching his jaw. You're beautiful and middle-aged. You sing out of nowhere, <laughs> backed up by 80s synth-pop. We dress exactly the same. You stole my baby brother. Chickens are always following you. Safe. You stop the van, you pushed it away with your bulge so it wouldn't crush me. <laughs> then you turned into an owl and flew away. Say it out loud. Goblin King. You're the Goblin King. Are you afraid? Sarah turns around slowly and locks eyes with Jerry, her lips quivering. No. Jareth pulls an orb out from underneath his coat and starts twirling it feverishly, unblinking, eyes still intensely locked with Sarah's. An 808-80s synth beat starts playing. They are both breathing so heavily at this point that they're panting because they're just so damn turned on. How about now? <sighs> you. Jareth throws an orb up and catches it in the palm of his hand. He stares into Sarah's eyes and takes a step closer to her. The music stops. Your scent. It's like a drug to me. You're my own personal brand of heroin. That's really toxic. I don't know any better at this point. 
Just let me rule you, and you can have everything you want. Just fear me, love me, do as I say, and I will be your slave. Through dangers untold <laughs> and hardships unnumbered, I have fought my way here too. Jareth suddenly places his hand over Sarah's mouth, stopping her. Look, you and I both know this relationship is already toxic AF. But let's be honest with ourselves. Remakes, or anything that was once wonderful and good, will always completely miss the point and disappoint audiences, both new <laughs> and old alike. So let's just cut the shit and do a 180 from the original ending for shock purposes. Because fuck the audience. I do have power. Jareth lowers his hand. Sarah bites her lower lip. Jareth grabs Sarah, gripping her upper arms with his leather-clad gloves. Now let's get married and have sex once so you can get pregnant and immediately <laughs> die. Once our freak baby is born, Haga will take one look at her and fall in love, immediately imprinting himself on her or whatever messed up shit sells movie tickets to young adults. Jareth lets go of Sarah, takes a step back, and throws his orb up into the air. Yeet! Yeet! <laughs> The end. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I have no words. That was amazing. Uh, I would you. watch that movie. I told it how it is. Like, I've never seen Twilight, and I probably oh never God. will, but I would 100% watch this movie. Oh, <laughs> I unfortunately have Twilight almost memorized the first three because I worked with Blockbuster on and off for uh, a million years. And then we yeah. had to sell uh, free street, uh, free sales of the new Twilights coming out. We would play Twilight over and over again to entice people to pay for it before it came It was really, they're some of the greatest movies ever just because they're, they're just hilarious. Anyway, I really... I feel like I've been there. missing out, yeah. You yeah. are. Gotta watch yeah. There's a lot of good material there, and I haven't seen them since we watched them years ago, but I vividly remember all the problems. <laughs> <laughs> Count it like it is. <laughs> oh. All right, well, thank you so much, Vaya. That was truly a... a, a, a I will treasure that script forever um i think next we had uh steve lined up who's got more of a pitch for us yes yeah. yes so here here is my uh my general pitch for the goblin prince all right our sequel begins with the goblins and creatures walking through the kingdom everything is gray and gloomy as cries ring out through the kingdom the Goblin King has fallen ill and has called of all of his subjects for his final decree. And this is also a really great part in the movie to show, like, help you remember all the old, like, goblins and creatures coming up and they're all interacting mm -hmm. with each other, being goofy. Uh, the Goblin farting. King. Yep, exactly. 100% <laughs> farting. Um, one farts his way up to the castle. Yes, yes. Off of a screen. <laughs> Uh, the Goblin King stands on a balcony, informing everyone that his heir is soon to arrive, and that he must be retrieved from the mortal world. All of his subjects cheer as they grab their gear and storm out of the castle. Sarah, now, on her, now as an adult, is on her way to the delivery room to have a baby. Exposition is overheard as the doctors say <laughs> that she can't have a natural birth and that she needs to be knocked out for a successful delivery. All a plot device. Uh, the the C-section was a success, and we see that Sarah, much to the surprise of the doctors, actually had twins. The nurses Ooh. are tucking in the babies. Uh, each are wearing their, because it's a boy and a girl, one's wearing pink, one's wearing blue. It's very important. Uh, in this coming up, because the two nurses uh, are wearing face masks and hair nets, and they have like big red hair, right? <laughs> um, 
but uh, they, it pops out and they get discovered, and it's the fire dancer ones, and so they're just scaring a bunch of they're scaring a bunch of the nurses, the real doctors and stuff, and and uh, they they corner them, and then more goblins come in and they blow some pixie dust on them to make them forget, and they start eating papers, so there's no trail that a second baby ever happened. Uh, and because Sarah's knocked out and there's no one else there, uh, they um, they wreak havoc running through the rooms uh, and they take the baby boy, but his blue beanie falls off onto the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and like the way I see, I saw this is throughout the window. It's one one goblin is handing off a goblin that is bigger so it's just it's like one of those russian dolls but, it, but by the end of it it's just this giant ogre goblin carrying like 10 people um so then it gets to the goblin king the baby's there he holds him and just like very night king uh places his finger on him the baby glows title cards um okay now 18 years later we see our protagonist, who is Susie, and that is played by Millie Bobby Brown of Stranger Things fame. And Have you had a Stranger Things person in every one of your scripts? Did I? When was, I, I can't remember the last one. Uh, you had Dustin, right? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I had him start. Yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, okay. wa- I'm not watching the Riverdale and shit to see who the, the new sexy <laughs> teens are. These are the only kids I know. Um, so, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's doing chores around her, her house. It's like they got a ranch. Um, and her mother, who's Jennifer Connelly, has become ill. Uh, she doesn't know that she had a son or that a son was taken from her. But she's always felt that there's been something missing. They talk about how there isn't much time left and she wants Susie to go to the attic and get the old chest for her. Uh, she sees it and it's glowing. She opens it up and she only sees a blue beanie and the Goblin King book. She takes out the beanie, goes downstairs, but then sees that Sarah's been kidnapped and she's gone. And out pops Hoggle and out pops Ludo and the rest of them. And they're all there and they're like, yo... We're, we're friends with your mom. Like, you gotta go help her. Come with us. And then they go on an adventure. Um, the, and there's a bunch of trials that happen. Some of the things that I was thinking of was uh, it's Sia, because this the, that's one of Chris's favorite artists. That uh, And this is kind of his, like, whoa! <laughs> I knocked over the thing. <laughs> Uh, this is like his birthday podcast, so sorry, I knocked over the So yeah, I wanted to uh, to pay tribute and put C in, and I think she'd be really great because she is a singing tree, and she kind of like lures them with their song, but like once she gets her branches, she's a Sia Ren. Yep, she's a Sia Ren. Um, and wrap it and like become trees in the forest. Okay. Uh, a bear who is played by John C. Riley, a giant scorpion played by Pedro Pascal, and an enormous vulture. And I, <laughs> I think this is really funny. Who is played by Steve Buscemi? Uh, oh. So <laughs> I, uh, we're thinking alike here, Violet. Uh, they they encounter them individually throughout the labyrinth. But I, I have them as bosses because I just imagine that they Megazord right at the, like, when they get to the, uh, the foot of the castle and they, like, team up and you see that, like, the, the bear is riding the scorpion who is being carried <laughs> <laughs> by the vulture. Um, and throughout all of this, they also, uh, they befriend an ogre who is played by Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> um, he starts off being, but then he eventually helps them, and he's the one to help kill the the, the scorpion bear vulture. Um, and it, like they form a pit of lava around it, so that's how that thing dies. It just falls in, and all of these are puppets; they're not real animals. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. 
Thank you. Uh, oh, oh! I also wanted to say this. There's a scene uh, because I, I was because when I was high watching that movie uh, at the theaters with you for the first time, I was like, it really got me the part with the hands. Mm. So I want to oh, do yeah. the same thing with feet. Yes, we're helping uh, hands. Yeah, <laughs> the, the no. feet are are helping, and eventually we're helping feet. Oh, oh yeah, it's yes. a bunch of feet. <laughs> <laughs> and then the lights get turned on, and you see that it's like a, go- a Quentin Tarantino-looking goblin <laughs> with oh, feet on sticks, oh, and no. he screams, drops everything, runs to go pick up as many feet as he can, and then runs away. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so then Susie gets to the castle... After defeating all those things, defeating. <laughs> oh, God. Um, where she meets the Goblin Prince, who is played by Tom Holland, Spider Man himself. Uh, and I wrote, they have a big dance fight. So I just remember for the first one how there was the, uh, the big, like, gorgeous ballroom dance. Uh, so I wanted to kind of pay tribute to that with. Uh, just having just having them dance like kind of like they're fighting but it like there's like turning walls instead of staircases so they like end up in new backdrops like a desert a waterfront Times Square you know on, on a train stuff like that um, so she's a, about to defeat the goblin prince holding a spear to his neck as she stands over him out of the pocket falls the blue beanie uh, she sees it, and their fighting stops. It's a very, as much as I hated this that movie, the the Martha, why'd you say that name yeah. thing? So where they they feel, realize that there's a sense of familiarity that comes um, both over both of them as they realize that they are siblings. Uh, he takes her to her lair where Sarah's resting, and. Um, you know, he, he tells both of them how, like, he had a fling, like, like the, uh, where David Bowie, like, turned himself into a mortal briefly, had a fling with her, uh, because he was so in love with her that he got her pregnant, and then he faked the death, and, uh, he informs her that, like, he could never permanently live in that mortal realm, so that's why he had to go back, um, but and then the same thing applies for the prince. Uh, and he Why? sees what because he's a boy, the prince, yeah, because he turned into the, the goblin thing. Oh, he's like, he's okay. a goblin king, he's he can never fully leave there. He can, I understand, he can only temporarily leave. That's how David Bowie just shows up in the window in the first one. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so he goes on to tell her uh, about how. His destiny was to keep both of them here for himself, selfishly. But he admits after seeing his mother, uh, he doesn't want to commit the sins of his father. Um, and he wants nothing but happiness for her. So he gives Sarah this vial. She wakes up and is completely healed. They share a tender moment before he gets him out of there. Big old transportation. Um so Susie and Sarah are happy and whatever, and they're laying down under the stars. And you know, Sarah finally admits that like she finally got over why she feels so incomplete. But uh, they both wish that the Goblin Prince was still there uh, with them. But then he appears in the stars, and all the puppets come out from the yeah. woods, and then a dance scene at the yes. end. Because how else are you supposed to fucking end this movie? Yeah, that's what they did for the first one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's my pitch. Amazing. Yeah. I loved it. I loved how uh, Jareth made himself mortal. It was very city of mm-hmm. heroes. <laughs> yeah. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Hot mess of a movie. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I I like that so far. Each each of these uh, ideas have been modern day sequels slash like retellings mm-hmm. of it you know i we haven't seen scott's yet but like nobody's done a this sequel came out a, a year later mm-hmm. or anything like that you know yeah so yeah, yeah i just think that's an interesting 
I, I don't I don't think that you you could like fathom fathom like what what point would be there to make a sequel to Labyrinth like a year after when it came out initially, you know, so um, Well money. <laughs> well, I mean, besides that, you know, it was besides that, you know, like I don't think anyone now. Now people are like, oh, let's remake that because it's been so long. You know, people are hungry for it. Yeah. But back in the day when it came out, people would people would be like, I have no clue what to do. You know, but yeah. Now it's just like, oh, we just got to regurgitate it. You know, back but if it was fresh, they have to do something completely new. I would say, it, just for me, amongst the movies that we've covered so far on this show, Labyrinth is maybe the most one that I'm like, it doesn't need a sequel. It's perfect as a standalone movie. 100%. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Hence why I was so <laughs> mad when everyone was sharing on Facebook that it's going to be remade. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that. It's perfect. It's perfect. Well, mm. speaking of a movie that's perfect and there's no way we can ever make it better, Scott, why don't you tell us about your version? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> well... I just called mine Labyrinth 2. It'll probably remind you of something else, but I'll let you guys figure that out as we go along. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, when I wrote it, I just kind of, I didn't think, oh yeah, I'm making it present day and you know can't have David Bowie, so we've got to recast him. So I wrote this with him in mind of just having David Bowie in there. But Hell if yeah. we couldn't have David Bowie in there, I also was toying, toying with the idea of, uh, of, Having Robert England as he is now playing David Bowie, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> playing a, Jer- a Jared, uh, but uh, but but for all intents and purposes, just picture David Bowie for this. Okay. Um, oh yeah, and uh, so um, uh, uh, Christopher, you're Jared, and uh, okay. v- Violet is Sarah, and I'm gonna do the narration, and uh, uh, Grande, you're gonna do all the other characters. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna do all the other characters. Yeah. Um, it's okay. Yeah, I think you can, I think you can do it. Oh yeah. Okay. Wait before you start. Sorry, yeah. I, uh, I'm just having a hard time. Because the the only file that I see in here is says cover page. Oh yeah, no, there's a cover page. I accidentally loaded a. There's a cover page, and then there's the script itself as a separate file. Yeah. For some yeah, reason, my program wouldn't export Reverence. them together. Oh, Labyrinth 2 script. <laughs> well, because your computer knew it. It was like, oh, the cover page. That's all we need. Um, give me a second. Here. <laughs> I just should be Labyrinth 2. There should be cover page and then a separate file that says Labyrinth 2 script. Yeah, I just sent it. Um, so hopefully he's pulling it up now. He did just get a brand new phone. He's one of those fancy people who gets a new iPhone oh, every six years. Uh, <laughs> God damn it, iPhone. I watched um, Soul Food earlier today. You guys familiar with Soul Food? I didn't my brother okay. likes that movie. He's played it a few times when I visited. It's great. It's a like late nineties yeah. family drama about uh-huh. this this family living in Chicago and their their matron dies or get goes into a coma and it like all the little problems that the family had that she could cover and, and hold them together, they all just like come out and the family sort of like rips itself apart. Um, and then they come together in the end because you know it's a, it's a good story. Um, but that movie ended, and I, it was on Hulu. And as soon as it's over, it's like, okay, great, now watch King of the Hill. Of <laughs> 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 course. <laughs> that's not that's not the same thing. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got it up. All right. All right. So I'm playing every character other than who. Other than Sarah and Jareth, you're doing all the other characters. So there should be um, Ludo, there should be um, Cop 1, Cop 2, uh, the, the husband, and uh, um, uh, Hoggle. Cool. I'm going to do my yeah, you're gonna David have, Bowie. That's going to be the toughest part. You're gonna have to do, and it's do a two perfect, cops you won't even tell it's not him. All right. <laughs> Are we ready, everybody? Ready. All right.
Interior, prison cell. A shirtless Jareth is seen working out with his back to camera. Across his back are several text tattoos, such as slime and snails and puppy dog tails. The prison cell door is open. Interior, movie theater. Sarah, now 30, is with her husband, 33, and daughter, age 5, in a movie theater watching a comedy film when a man sits in front of them and begins smoking a cigar and laughing obnoxiously. The man is revealed to be none other than the Goblin King himself, Jareth. Sarah and her family change seats begrudgingly. Exterior. Sarah's work uh, slash attorney's office. Day. As Sarah is getting into her car, Jareth appears from off screen and grabs her keys before she can put them in the ignition. He's smoking another cigar, twirling an orb, and has, a, has developed a thick southern accent. Oh shit, southern boy? Um, how do I do that? It's been so good to see you, baby. That's terrible. <laughs> Keep going. You've been banished me to the corner of your imagination for 14 long years. Not that you would know anything about that. I've done my time, and I'm out. What are you doing here? I beat your labyrinth, and I won. Now leave my family alone. Now that isn't any way to talk to an old friend. Especially after what you owe me. I'll be seeing you, Sarah. Jareth drops the keys into her car, turns, and begins to walk away. I don't owe you a thing! Jareth pauses and turns again to face her. Oh, but you do. See, I've been confined to a 8 by 9 cell, buried in your imagination and forgotten for 14 years. I've done my time. Because of you, now I'm out. My own goblins don't even know my name anymore. What kind of goblin king am I now? I'll be seeing you and your family real soon, Sarah. Jareth tosses the orb her way, which seems to suddenly protract two blades in a drill. Sarah dodges the orb as it zooms by her head. It disappears as she, as she tries to follow it with her eyes, and then when she turns back to face Jareth, he's gone. Interior, bedroom, night. Sarah's husband is making the bed when through the bedroom window, lightning illuminates Jareth laying on the top of their concrete fence, smoking another cigar while staring at their house. Interior, home, night. Who is he? Just an old dream that I don't want to revisit. Someone I tried to forget. Suddenly the lights turn out. Interior, interrogation room. Jareth sitting at a table being interrogated by two cops standing over him. The first cop slams his fist on the table. And then that's when you poison the dog! Hardly. Oh, yeah. Well, then, why do you have Die Sarah Die tattooed on your chest? <laughs> the cop rips Jareth's, Jareth's shirt open, revealing large tattooed text on his chest. Jareth stands up defensively, which makes his bulge all the more prominent. <laughs> no, no. That's German for thee, Sarah, thee. Exterior, home, day. Sarah and her family are quickly packing, getting in the family car and leaving their home. We don't have enough time for evidence to pin on anything on him. Uh, he knows the law. He's within his legal rights. My suggestion is to get out of here. As the engine starts and the car starts moving... It's revealed to the viewers that Jareth is attached to the bottom of the car. Exterior, Ludo's boat rentals. Day, Sarah and her family pull up to the small establishment with none other than Ludo himself sitting at the service window. Ludo rents boats. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> That's exactly what I wanted. All right. Exterior, river, dusk. Their rented houseboat cruises down a river at a slow pace with Sarah at the wheel. Coming to a fork in the river, on the, on the left, the fireys can be seen dancing and throwing their heads around. Not today. She turns the boat to the right path before they can notice her. Exterior, river, night. Far down the river, their houseboat lies anchored with the, with the family preparing to go to sleep. Jareth pops out of the water, pulling himself up the anchor's rope. Once on the boat, he pulls out a large machete and cuts the rope, letting the boat continue to drift down the river unmanned. <laughs> Interior, houseboat, night. Sarah's husband and daughter have passed out in a large chair with a children's book in his hands. 
She's about to wake them when she hears a noise. She goes to investigate. More paper Exterior, noises. houseboat, night. Sarah emerges from the houseboat's cabin and realizes they are moving further downriver. She heads to the ship's wheel to regain control. Suddenly, she realizes the river has taken on an all-too-familiar shape. It's now a straight line, and the trees are gradually turning into concrete. Suddenly, it dawns on her that she's entered the labyrinth. Oh, no! Suddenly, Jareth appears from off-screen, swings his machete down, and lodges it in the ship's wheel, letting it go. Sarah jumps back out of surprise, and then when she tries to pull out the machete, it won't budge no matter how hard she tries. The houseboat is continuing to drift straight down the labyrinth. Jareth, confident with a smile and the wind blowing his hair, begins to circle her. Despite your best attempts to elude me, I've been with you all along. Now I've got you where I want you. If you can make it through my labyrinth again, however doubtful that is, I'll leave you forever. If not... I'll take your daughter. You'll do no such thing. Jareth pauses his stride. Oh, come, come, come. Would you trade your life for your daughter's? If I must. Jareth pulls out another knife and approaches her. Sarah backs up, running to the front of the boat to jump off, only to realize that the river has become the bog of eternal stench. She then runs to the back half, only to see the cleaners are now in pursuit, matching their speed exactly. She's stuck with nowhere to escape. Well, Sarah, any last requests? As Jareth continues his approach with his knife raised, she begins to cower, but then suddenly her eyes widen. She has an idea. She stands up bashfully. Well, you have such a beautiful voice. Could you maybe sing David Bowie's <laughs> entire discography? Jareth pauses his stride. <laughs> Very well, Sarah. I shall send you to heaven before I send you to hell. Series of shots. Sarah is sitting in a wicker chair, now enjoying uh, Jareth's performance of all of David Bowie's albums, including Ziggy Stardust, Diamond Dogs, and beyond, going so far as to include multiple costume changes to reflect each era. <laughs> Sarah enjoys the performance, and the boat continues to drift through the labyrinth, losing the cleaners as the boat eventually goes down a different path from them. The sun begins to rise as Jareth finally finishes singing Black Star. Sarah applauds the marvelous performance. Jareth finally resumes his threatening approach with his knife. And with that request fulfilled, I will now collect what you owe me. Jareth doesn't notice that the walls of the labyrinth begin to return back to trees. The houseboat suddenly hits something, and both Jareth and Sarah are thrown forward, both hitting the, the boat's uh, guardrail. From off-screen, we hear several guns being cocked. Police Chief Hoggle and several goblin deputies are on shore with their guns drawn. Hold it right there, Jareth. You're under arrest. Damn your trickery. Yeah. It's a good thing you drafted you drifted right by this jewelry shop, I think. <laughs> I beat your labyrinth once again. Now be gone from my life. Sarah reaches up and grabs Jareth's face, pulling off the mask to reveal her brother Toby, who despite now having a fully grown man's body, still has a baby's face. Jareth is defeated, Toby is freed, and Sarah's family, along with the independent Goblin Kingdom, Goblin Kingdom are now safe. Fade to black, the end. <laughs> yes! <laughs> okay, uh, the new plan. Every script is just a different episode of The Simpsons. I that watched, was incredible. I watched that episode as well as both Cape Fears in preparation for this. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go back to work this week. So. I, I also downloaded the soundtracks to both Cape Fears and Labyrinth and listened to those as I typed. <laughs> that was amazing. That was so much fun. Um, <laughs> Glad to hear it. <laughs> How would you guys do a Southern David Bowie? <laughs> I thought of uh, the 
I just wanted to throw a curveball your way. Like, like a Savannah <laughs> accent. Yeah, just I don't a, know. Molasses <laughs> falling out of your mouth. I don't know. <laughs> just, it's just got to be, it, this was his real voice, right? Yeah. Something along his lines. Now, to make it a little country fried, I guess, is where I would start. <laughs> dance, y'all, magic dance. <laughs> just sounds like a southern reverend. <laughs> well, it makes sense because the the snake charmers, right? Because he throws the snake at her. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then it's a scarf. And then it's a scarf. Yes. <laughs> All y'all goblins. <laughs> The best I've got. That was perfect. Um, but you know what, you guys? Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Do you guys have anything um, that you're working on that you want to plug that people can see what you're creating? Or I mean, if not, that's totally cool too. Just gotta throw it out there. No, not really. Um, all I can ask is for everyone to wear a mask when they leave the house. And to be nice yeah. to uh, all those who are working at liquor stores or grocery stores. Yeah, why why would you want to piss off the people that are handling your booze? Exactly. <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, well, then, I am not working on yeah. anything at the moment, but I'm down to uh, make write more of these. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for Fantastic. having me. Hear we'll that, folks? Scott again. is available. You got a project you want to yeah. work on? Scott's there for you. Scott we'll Holmes definitely sounds. have you guys again. Hopefully, next time we don't have to do it remotely. Um, yeah. But uh, actually, I, I I have to run. I um, my boyfriend is uh, incredibly smart, and he likes to like do math in his college campus by drawing on windows. Um, but he's also got a lot of imaginary friends, and it's sort of hard to deal with. Sorry, but I gotta run. I need to film my dead wife's final dream, and I've attached a bunch of balloons to my house, and we're going to fly across the ocean. Oh, that sounds great, but you know what? Sorry, guys, we have to run. My bike was stolen, and I got a hot tip from a psychic at a bazaar that is located in the basement of the Alamo. So uh, I need to hitch a ride from this creepy old lady. I just got to go take a look. I just got to go take care of a bunch of mutants that are living in the sewers. <laughs> Dance, 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 dance,